since 2012. Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run, brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by uh, by a president. Stop moving that that that, that, that uh, you know. Call. That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go, Go, Brandon. I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us on this Monday. We have a brand new segment to announce for you guys. It's Moms for America Monday. Check it out. America is on the front lines, providing the support and resources to help moms raise a mighty generation of youth filled with the knowledge, courage, and wisdom to raise the standard of civility, secure the blessings of liberty, and sustain a free and prosperous America. I truly believe mothers are the last best hope of America. And together, through the mothers of America, we have the power to not only restore the republic, but secure it for generations to come. And how about that for an intro, everybody? That's a good one. And let's go to our first guest on the Mondays. And you guys know her from all the interviews we did together at the event in Tampa for Homeschool FPEA. Marina Hoffman is on the show again. Marina, great to have you. Oh, great to be with you again, Matt. That was fun, wasn't it, in Orlando? And you had an incredible lineup of speakers. Every moment was really excellent, and I actually learned a lot. It was a great honor to be on your show. Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, you guys, behind the scenes, we worked really hard to put together some good interviews and prep, and we've got a bunch of them. And you go to thebuffshow.com and search for homeschool, and all those interviews are right there for you all together. And we've got uh, one or two more still yet to play, Marina. We did so many. We still got a couple to go. <laughs> yeah, I think some a couple of the really big ones are still coming up, Matt. I've been looking for them. No, yeah, there, there's still big ones coming, and they're coming on the Buff Show. And a summertime's a good play, to, a good time to play some of the older ones as we do family vacations and stuff. So that'll be that'll be coming soon. So, Marina, let's talk about your story. You're an award winner author of Women in the Bible Group Bible Study and professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University, a media expert providing insightful biblical perspectives of current issues, women issues, and parenting. Parenting, and you're president of Moms for America in your district there. So it's great to have you. Talk about what made you want to join and some of your background. Yeah, it's interesting, Matt. I think that there are some people that never set out to take the path that they end up on, and that's certainly me. I'm Canadian. 
I'm a quiet-natured person, don't want to ruffle feathers or upset anyone, and I say sorry too much still. But the things that happened in Canada over the last two years and the things I saw in America really upset me. And you know, Matt, that I have a little girl. She'll be four in a few days. And to think that she was safe because she was still at home, but if she had been a bit older, the pressure to vaccinate her, to put a mask on her, these things for me personally, Matt, were unthinkable. And when I saw what happened in Canada and how fast it happened, I realized I needed to step up. So I started with my own platform, which was Bible scholarship, encouraging and inspiring women of faith. You know, they can do incredible things just like the women in the Bible. And that moved me on to a more political sphere of Moms for America, which has blown up far beyond my imagination. That is just amazing that you felt the need to get in and do the fight because what we have here is a very dire situation in America. We're about to face the highest gas prices, again, that we've ever seen. $5. $5 a gallon on the average. We're two cents away from that here in Florida and it's just wrecking our economy. And people are looking to groups like Moms for Liberty, Moms for America, as for answers. And the libs are fighting back on you pretty hardcore because they do want to turn this into a socialist country. You mentioned how you're from Canada. Just today, Justin Trudeau said, guns do not protect people. That guy is off his rocker and the same thing's happening here. It's right. And I love that you say people are looking for groups because that's how we started. We're simply a group of my friends and my friends' friends from day one who said we're like-minded. We truly do care about faith, family, and freedom. We want to take a stand. It's really hard, even in the little ways, even today. As free as we are in Florida, we, my daughter and I get rejected by a doctor's office and dentist's office if we won't put on a mask. So there's so many ways that we have to be courageous and it's hard. And every time now, Matt, that I'm called to be courageous for myself and my daughter, I think of my little group of Moms for America that's growing so quickly because when we're together, there's a sense of strength and there's a sense of encouragement. And not only that, we share our struggles and, you know, a beautiful story, Matt, there was a lady in our group who was sharing that she lost two jobs in the last two years because she wasn't vaccinated. Would you believe that there was a lawyer there and the attorney overheard her and said, wait a second, do you have that in writing or is that your speculation? She did have it in writing. Matt, would you believe that was 9 p.m. on Thursday and at 10 a.m. on Friday, I happened to call her to check in and here she was meeting with that attorney, putting together a plan to fight back. And those kinds of stories to me are exactly the reason that we're putting all this effort into getting together. Well, there's a lot of big events you have coming up too. Can you talk about some of those? Yes, tomorrow we have a meet and greet the candidates at a huge restaurant. It spreads out to about six or 700 because it's open air on the water. Would you believe we have 20 candidates? And Matt, I can't even believe that. 20 local conservative candidates attending for a meet and greet. We have some VIPs planning to come. We'll see how it goes and I'll get back to you on that. We have a big July 4th event and that event is just to celebrate our country because Matt, it's one thing that we remember how free we were. And we know the cost of freedom and we know how it's being invaded in multiple ways. But we need to remind our children and make sure they know what it's like to be free so that they never let go of it. They never become passive and they never simply, 
you know, believe the propaganda that certain amendments and certain rights, we don't really need them. So that's what our July 4th is about, reminding our children about their freedoms and celebrating it so they never forget. You know, on the left, they're celebrating Juneteenth more than they'll ever celebrate Independence Day. You know, and this is why we need to stay strong. We need to be teaching our children all these rights. And that's a lot about what Moms for America is, right? Teaching our children the Constitution. And Matt, you know I'm a Canadian, so I'm right alongside with the children, I'm afraid, learning all about the Constitution and how empowering it is. I mean, everyone keeps saying it. The Constitution is so short. We all have a little package around our house somewhere with the Constitution. And to sit down and read it was so empowering because I realized the rights I have living here and I know what I can stand up for, even if the person at the doctor's office, the dentist's office, even the cashier doesn't realize those rights. I can even empower them by sharing what the Constitution says. Well, mom, we, do, we have Moms for Liberty on Wednesdays and they are really involved with the school boards. Talk about what Moms for America does, especially with the midterms coming up, specifically election-wise? Yes, Moms for America on a national level is really about adding on the element of policy, and that's also happening at the state level here in Florida with Rebecca Ricks. For our group, we are trying to support and empower all the moms in our group, and we happen to have five can school board candidates that have come to our meetings even though we've only had three we have three or four campaign managers it's unbelievable how our group attracted them but it's apart from their politics and some are actually in competition with each other in our group but how amazing that we can still get together under the umbrella of faith family and freedom and encourage them and remind them why they are putting themselves out there and fighting the fight to become you know, the winner on August 23rd. It's certainly not easy here in Palm Beach County. We're a democratic county, but groups like ours can support the school boards. We can also volunteer our time for election integrity. Whatever you think of the past elections, I think we can all rally around the fact that we need to have eyes watching the election every time to make sure cheating is minimalized and that we give the candidates across the board a fair chance at presenting their case and being elected. This weekend, a man in Virginia got arrested on 82 counts of election fraud. And it thinks he thinks they think he's part of a network that actually grows harder. And this, they're not going to stop in, in the government. They tried to pass HR one, which was a federal takeover of elections. And that is unacceptable. And we had two Democrats that stood against that. But they wanted to make their crime, their cheat, they wanted to make it permanent because they feel like they can orchestrate another pandemic. Well, of course, all of your listeners know, Matt, that cheating is possible when no one's looking. So I keep reminding our group and every time we have a platform and an event to speak at, please volunteer because to stop cheating really is in our power if we're willing to sacrifice some hours. And I'll be honest, with a four-year-old, I don't have the ability to go out and watch ballot boxes. And as a Canadian, I also am limited in what I can do. But I can call my two neighbors and volunteer to look after their children 
have a little party on my house so all of them can go out, maybe hopefully in the early hours, and certainly the things that they can do as their right as an American citizen. So maybe we need to look a bit beyond what we're personally able to do and again, come together in unity and support like the old days, Matt, when we did things as families and communities. And as a community, certainly Moms for America here in Palm Beach County will be counted for election integrity. Yes, indeed. And we have a great governor here, Governor DeSantis, who's keeping a lot of that in place. He's doing a lot of good things. And Florida will forever be a free state. That's why the housing market's so crazy here in Florida, because all the New Yorkers and everybody else from around the country that were sick of socialist policies came down here. And uh, now we're all fighting traffic together. Yeah, I think it's one thing to say what you believe, Matt, but when people move to Florida, their actions speak louder than any words they can say. Absolutely. Momsforamerica.us is the website. Uh, Marina, that's where they can sign up for a chapter and get involved, right? That's right. Contact us and the national level will put you together. Certainly, if you're in Florida, there's a bunch of chapters here and we would love to have you if you're a like-minded person and you want to find inspiration and encouragement with other women and moms. Absolutely. And what do you think of the intro we put together? It's beautiful, Matt. It's lovely. I want to watch it again. Let's watch it again as we say goodbye to Marina. Thank you so much for joining us back on the show. Thank you, Matt. All right, sounds good. We'll be on. The, we'll be back on the Buff Show. You stay with us. For America is on the front lines, providing the support and resources to help moms raise a mighty generation of youth, filled with the knowledge, courage, and wisdom to raise the standard of civility, secure the blessings of liberty, and sustain a free and prosperous America. I truly believe mothers are the last best hope in America, and together, through the mothers of America. We have the power to not only restore the republic, but secure it for generations to come. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Hey, Matt Buff from The Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. 
Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new bivy stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this. One to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offers. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site, Sarah coding services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show, partnered with Moms for America.us. And Marina's been rocking along with me on all these fantastic interviews. Knowledge galore. You know, Matt, we're here to talk mostly about freedom, if there's a blank assignment. And these are issues that come right to the home and impact moms. Freedom for ourselves, freedom for our children. So how amazing that we have had all these opportunities. And Dr. Littell is on the front lines of addressing issues and fighting for issues that matter to moms saving the medical community in america ron perry the executive producer of the buff show i think this is the first interview i actually introduced you sorry about that (laughs) that's okay it's good to be here matt and i will tell you we've had some firsthand uh involvement between covid and a few years back uh my wife battled with cancer and just dealing with the medical uh profession there's no question there's a crisis going on and uh, I'm just so thrilled to have you here, Dr. Littell. Yeah, thank you, Ron. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here, to meet so many people at this convention, this homeschoolers convention, that have, you know, really what it does is it recharges my batteries, you yeah. know, as a doctor yeah. in the profession for 33 years. And, um, I mean, I do get wonderful responses from my patients each and every day who come to me from all over the state of Florida now. I mean, they realize that there's a doctor who actually... Um, is practicing medicine according to really the Hippocratic traditions of medicine. First, do no harm, provide informed consent, you know, allow for informed consent, you know, with patients. And there's a third, a third concept in medicine that I'm really discussing more these days, which is that illness should never be exploited for profit. Mm-hmm. And, and really what we saw with COVID is that the decisions that were made on how patients were treated, especially in the hospital environment, were often 
predicated upon financial considerations rather than what was in the best interest of the patients and what would do the least harm to the patients. And that's that was frightening. That's why I still to this day keep my hospital privileges as long as as long as the hospitals allow me to still have them. I'm fighting even as we speak at this moment to save my pride to keep be able to take care of patients in hospitals because the hospital medical staffs start to come up against you when you have a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. We're on with Dr. John Littell. And we love you because we got to come down to the practice and record some shows and be part of that press conference when it came to hospital immunity. And you gave a great speech that day about, you know, if you're running these protocols, why are you allowed to have immunity when these protocols are banned for people? And, you know, you've, you're going on in your life and you have a wonderful family practice and everything's going fine. And that Hippocratic Oath that you're talking about got tossed out the window. A China virus came in. We can get to the debate on how it came in or why it came in or what was the result of that. Was it the right result? But we'll get into all what happened to children based on these policy decisions. But your family practice really got turned upside down by something out of your control. Yeah, and honestly, as a family physician who's been espousing these similar uh, beliefs for many years now, 33 years, I saw this happening uh, years ago when um, uh, the, what I call the population control industry started to run amok in healthcare. And that's why you know, I, I, had this, I brought this book with me, The Hidden Truth. But this, I was able to write this over the course of 10 to 15 years, kind of you know, trying to write a book when you're in solo practice you know, is very difficult. That's it was right. pretty much my summer vacations out in Montana with my wife's family. And uh, I'd lay out all the papers on a table, and I would just kind of categorize them into, into ways of thinking about the world. And Thing about healthcare right now. When I, this book was, it was extremely upsetting. I'll tell you what, just to give you an idea, uh, the HPV vaccine, all right? And this is really relevant to the COVID vaccine and everything that's happened. What we've seen with COVID really started a long time ago. Uh, people like Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, these folks were instrumental in unleashing on our, con- on our country and the world policies and programs which at their, you know, their core are destructive of women and children and families, fertility, and basically, I would say, their population control strategies. And that's that's a long issue, but I can tell you, let me talk about HPV. For example, um, when I first started going to workshops on cervical cancer in women, uh, it was, this is this is back in the early uh, 2000s, it, uh, it was obvious to me, as someone who performed colposcopies and exams on women to, to further elaborate or elucidate what was going on, that the cause of cervical cancer was this HPV virus, human papilloma virus, and that it's exclusively sexually transmitted. But furthermore, when I went to a workshop in Michigan with a very renowned doctor, I learned that women who were taking oral contraceptives had a two to three-fold risk of getting cancer should they get HPV, all right? So I go to a conference on cervical cancer with 400 other doctors, and they go all over the risk factors for cervical cancer, but they don't mention taking birth control pills. I raised my hand at the end of the conference for Q&A. I said, sir, you forgot to mention that oral contraceptives, and I can go into all the reasons why it's in the book, they double or triple the risk. It's in the medical literature. We know this for a fact. And he said, no, doctor, we don't want to mention that. He said, let's keep that to ourselves. That was his quote in a conference of 400 people. And you ask yourself, why would they keep knowledge from women who I saw personally, a patient of mine, get cancer, go to the point of chemotherapy, a hysterectomy at age 32, was on oral contraceptives, had a diagnosis HPV. Why would they keep that from women? 
And the answer is because it was more important in this doctor and the doctor's minds across the country to keep women on artificial contraception and prevent pregnancy than to prevent each and individual woman from getting or dying from cervical cancer. The ultimate goal is population control. And I, I say that because when you look at the COVID vaccine and the damaging effect it is going to have on women's fertility and male fertility, and not to mention other things that we're doing in medicine, I believe that that's at the, that hasn't been discussed at any of the meetings that we've been out today or even recently, but I believe that that is why a man like Bill Gates and even Anthony Fauci are promulgating these vaccines. They're really, they're not doing it to prevent people from dying from COVID. Because for one thing, we know it's not effective, especially not now with these booster shots. No. It's damaging you, and people say, "Why? That's what? Why would they unleash this vaccine on healthy individuals in the military and elite athletes and children when we know that there are no risk? There has to be a reason, and that's why I'm throwing this out. As I, what I believe to be one of the main reasons is that it's an all-out assault on fertility and the family and our children. We didn't. We didn't let this time pass long enough. For this vaccine, it was, I mean, they're so, so rushed. You need years and years of research before you even think about making a child have a vaccine before coming to school, let alone mandating it for everyone. I mean, I never would be for mandated vaccines at all, especially one that came through this time. Now, we had, Marie, we had somebody earlier talking about how it had um, shedding uh, therapy or some some mind control thing in the vaccine. I don't know about all that. I, I just know that I want to be able to make my own medical decisions for my family. And this is why this is my beef with Trump, right? Because he's still out there selling these things as a, you know, I'm the savior of the world because of the vaccines. And that's my one beef with him. He did so good as a president, but I, I, I just can't forgive him for the protocols in the hospitals and I can't forgive him for the, the vaccine, and he's still celebrating it like it's some great thing. Yeah, and Dr., you know, I come at you with questions from moms. Okay, we have a few lactation consultants and specialists in my mom's for America group in Palm Beach County. And we've been told for a long time that breast milk is the best. When it comes to vaccinated women, do you agree? And can you offer us some solid advice we can trust? Wow. Vaccinated women who are nursing their babies well you know this is an interesting dilemma right now at interesting times in america we do know that the spike protein especially from these booster shots is especially dangerous especially lethal i mean the easiest way to put it and dr cole will elucidate this later on you know is that we're still giving people the alpha variant vaccine that was riveted it's, it's not a vaccine let's stop using that term but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a genetic technology that's genetic yeah. engineering that's creating the spike protein and, and basically co-opting our dna into producing a spike protein which is from a more lethal variant the alpha variant instead of allowing people to get the less lethal omicron variant naturally so i just i i have a lot of concerns not only just about breastfeeding moms but people who've been donating blood who've been getting yeah. these booster shots and yeah. whether or not the uh, yeah. to use the immunoglobulin that's been saved from this from these bloods for people, not just, the, not just the red blood cells, but all the other components of the blood. Um, I, I, I hope and I pray that uh, there will be no harm to the children of moms who've been vaccinated. I, I, at this point in time, and Peter McCullough says this really well, Dr. McCullough, and we can't go back on what's been already done. You know, if you're, if you're a person who's been vaxxed, you know, 
then there's certain, you should be doing certain things to optimize your health, and then you, you probably have heard all about that, you know, vitamin D and zinc, zinc and just a good rest, but, but mostly I want to encourage the moms out there, you know, to continue. I'm glad to talk to you involved with lactation specialists because as a doctor, I've been, you know, we breastfed, my wife breastfed all of our children, and um, it's, it's, thank goodness the medical profession has come a long way. The hospital industry for delivering babies for a long time was not encouraging moms to nurse. Now it is, of course, with this formula crisis, we need to push that as much as we can. And um, I, I mean, just in terms of the natural immunity of the children, developing their optimal amount of antibodies, and you know all that already. So nursing is huge. I think the next issue that the moms get into is the, are the vaccines. And of course, you know where I stand, I think, on the vaccines. I've actually had an evolution, which is, you know, again, when I wrote The Hidden Truth, that was because I had this evolution in my way of thinking about women's hormones, natural hormones versus synthetic steroids. Um, but with vaccines, all my kids were fully vaccinated until my youngest son came along. You know, for the first time we had a chance to think about that. You heard the Surgeon General say on Tucker Carlson, Dr. Latipo, that until two years ago, he supported universal vaccination. And then now he's having, he's got his own kids are that age, and he's like, you know, he sees the exponential increase in vaccines, but with no exponential benefit. That's what his, his words were. And he, basically, you could argue net harm from these vaccines, which were hepatitis B, now hepatitis A, HPV, the Gardasil. None of them indicated for children, and of course, COVID vaccines as well. None of them necessary. And yet, if you're a parent who objects to vaccines, you're persecuted, you're condemned. Uh, by the pediatrician, you're kicked out of the pediatrician's offices and the family. You office. get rid of by the DOJ. There you go. <laughs> We're starting to see people who uh, believe they're getting COVID for the second time. Do you think that is happening, or do you think there was a misdiagnosis? Maybe a PCR with, uh, false positives first time. What What do you think is going on, and what should people do now? To protect themselves from COVID. People thought about masks and other things, which obviously didn't work. Yeah, yeah, and clinically, it, this is the good thing about having been in clinical practice and um, throughout this time, you know, I was fortunate enough to be one of those doctors who still took care, you know, kept our doors open throughout the whole thing, never shut down, always on calls. As a matter of fact, even here, I've been getting phone calls from patients because it's a weekday, you know, it's Friday, but I'll be calling them back after this. And the point being, I saw you know, hundreds of patients in person with COVID and treated over, over three, 4,000 patients. We've lost count now. And what we did, in fact, see was that the alpha variant, if you had it, which I did, and by the way, I didn't take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin preventively ever. I was very confident that my immune system would handle it, and if it didn't, I could take it therapeutically. So I did that. I took both of them for the alpha variant. Didn't miss a day of work. Probably should have missed at least one day, but <laughs> didn't miss a day of work. Um, and then... I, when the Delta variant came, I was pretty much free and clear. When Omicron came, I got a, a mild case. Omicron is just that much different. So for people to say they've gotten it a second time, you're not going to get the Alpha twice or Delta. You're going to get a different variant. Just like influenza changes from one year to the next. The, Omicron, the, the, the coronavirus, which is, after all, it was in my medical school textbooks back in the 80s. It's a, it's a mm. cold virus. It's a common cold virus. And what it's doing is it's evolving from the Wuhan variant, which was you know, meant to kill people, to now a less lethal variant because of that herd immunity. But again, get, keep in mind that the Pfizer Moderna boosters are not that less lethal variant. I can't keep bringing that point out enough. So you're going to get sick. Well, when, you, when it comes to the natural immunity, let's just focus on that for a second. 
I mean, if we had lost our ever-loving minds when we're talking about a respiratory virus, we have streaming services now on TV. Take your few days off, and you'll get better. Binge watch some shows, and we don't have to contact trace the heck out of our kids and all this stuff. It just... it. It came down to people that passed away that had COVID had four other major medical problems. I know everybody tried to become like you, Dr. Littell. They all went online and became a doctor and talked about comorbidities and all this stuff. But these people were very sick and very overweight and things like that. And we just really sold a panic fear like we've never seen before in this country. And I think it was a test run to see what the WHO and the World Health Organizations out there can get away with. Yeah, it was, uh, again, as someone who took care of patients in the hospital setting throughout that time, I can tell you what I saw, why people died, all right? Why people died from COVID was, number one, what you said there, comorbidities. But number two, in the face of those comorbidities, meaning diabetes, heart disease, or vascular disease, Hyper, severe hypertension. In the face of that, these were people who were denied adequate treatment. They were denied adequate anticoagulation, meaning that they were predisposed to small blood clots that would plug that coronary artery and cause that massive heart attack or that cause that kidney failure. And then on top of that, when I mentioned kidney failure, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, they were yeah. forced to get the remdesivir. Forced meaning they were not given it with any without getting, giving informed consent. This was part of the CDC's protocols. And yes, hospitals were compensated for using those CDC protocols. All right, so patients died. I saw right in my very, in front of my very eyes, patients dying because they were not adequately treated to prevent blood clots, not adequately treated to prevent inflammation with high-dose steroids, and of course, not adequately treated with ivermectin at that point in the game. You know, this is a telling thing. In my small town where I practice, the first and the first patient to receive ivermectin in the hospital, and this is public record because he spoke about it at the city council, was the mayor of the town. He came into the hospital, he got full dosing of ivermectin. He was the only patient to get that, all right? After that, you had to beg, borrow, steal to get it, and frankly, you had to sneak it into patients. I got disciplined for doing just that at one point. And number two, the other policy, the hospital across the street came up with a policy that said the only patients that can get ivermectin are the ones who are already admitted to critical care units, and that's only at the dosing that they approved of. So in other words, wait until the patients it was on too the late. Medical, it's too late. It is too late. So these policies that denied treatment, life-saving treatments to patients were criminal, and I believe, you know, as I said many times this last two days, the physicians who were complicit with these policies, and to some extent nurses, pharmacists, hospital administrators, there's going to be a day of reckoning. And we have to be careful about that day of reckoning because we can't afford to um, lose 90% of the medical profession. We have nothing in this country. We have to figure out a better way to get these folks to come to this reawakening. When they put the COVID death ticker on CNN and all that, remember that? I mean, that was pure insanity. Even at the time, I I knew that. But I wonder how many of those people could have been saved. Um, Our mutual friend Lori, her sister, it comes to mind, where she was put on a COVID protocol even though she was never tested for COVID. Um, uh, Jim Brewer, the comedian, he almost lost a friend that they wouldn't let anybody come see him. They put him on a ventilator. They finally convinced him because of the star power of Jim Brewer, and they bring in a doctor and finds out the guy was just dehydrated. Put him on fluids, and he walked out of the hospital. How many people could have been saved 
safe for that COVID protocol. Do you think, based on what you've seen? No, it's incredible. The uh, and that's why we fought against that bill in Florida that yes. protects hospitals from being sued for allowing these people to die. I mean, I can tell you the people that would call me, and it was crazy during that Delta variant. Say, please take over the care of my father, my brother, my sister, my wife, because the doctors are doing nothing, nothing. So you could argue this much. Easy, easy to, to argue this. These are people who were taken away from their support system, their immediate families, their loved ones. They're not allowed to have anyone to come in to even pray with them or pray over yeah. them. Put in isolation. All right, we all know. We, I mean, this everyone out there knows and has been through this. Everybody knows someone who went through this. And what was I doing? I was sneaking people up on the wards, a priest to anoint the patient, a minister to pray for the patient, a wife to see the patient. Um, I, I remember my 94-year-old, okay, this is interesting, he was a linguistics professor from Italy, right? In perfect health, frankly, until he fell and broke his hip. What happens, he ends up in a nursing home. What happens in a nursing home, he gets COVID. This is the alpha variant. His daughter calls me, please, Dr. Hill, will you get him on hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? I had no privileges at a nursing home. Finally, after five days, she says, He's getting worse. He's really not breathing well. They put him in the hospital. And guess what? 92 years of age he was. It was too late for me to, they wouldn't allow me to give him ivermectin and there was nothing else I could offer him. But what I could do, and I talked to the nurse, I said, I'm gonna let this this daughter come up and be with her dad. And she got to be in that room with him on the COVID unit, the first visitor now in the COVID unit in that hospital with her PPE on, you know, personal protection. And I said, she could have a conversation with him the day before he died. He died the next day. Those final conversations most Americans did not have with their loved ones. I had another patient that came up from Chile to visit the family, got COVID while they were in spoke no English at all. And the mother, the, the daughter calls me and said, Dr. Tell, will you take over because I speak Spanish? Would you go see my dad in the COVID unit? Not only did I go see him in the COVID unit, but I got him discharged from the COVID unit within 24 hours on oxygen into the home with his family. And they told me later this man would have died in isolation. On the protocol. From fear, from fear alone, from the yeah. protocol and from the fear yeah. of being in a foreign country by yourself with no support, no family. Can you imagine when no one's even speaking your language? And isolation can be deadly too. Oh. Human contact. You're a doctor. Is it true human contact is therapeutic? The therapeutic encounter requires touch, all right? It requires yeah. such. As a matter of fact, the same hospitals here, one, one of the biggest hospitals in town here today that that I used to be chief of staff, made a big point years ago out of touching the patients. And he said, doctor, you need to sit on the bed. They asked us to sit on the bed with the patient, look the patient in the eye, hold the patient's hand. That's what they call, and that's true. I agree with that. And they said, they did studies, they showed that even just sitting on the bed and looking at the patient was enough to get patients out of the hospital at least one full day earlier. And this is the same hospital that turned around and forbid patients from having anyone in the room with them at the same time that they were allowing the dietary staff, the housekeeping staff, the administration even to come in and make social rounds, and the nurses, and yet not the family members to come in. What sense does that make to anybody that has any common sense? None. Now, one study that I saw listed the um, the revenue the hospitals got from the federal government uh, based on various procedures related to COVID, like giving remdesivir or um, uh, identifying that somebody has COVID, or in the or, or in fact they died of it. Um, my understanding was in Florida it was one hundred thirty thousand dollars in essence as a bonus. Could that be true? Well, it would be true if you add up the number of days the patients were in the hospital. Um, and I can tell you this story. These are, these are just true things that happen because I'm in a, sta a medical staff in the hospital. I'm in the doctor's lounge in the early days, okay? 
Now picture this. I have a patient who is the nurse who took care of the first patient that died in our town. He was a 52-year-old gentleman. She was with this man 12-hour shifts, all right? She calls me the next day. She's got fever and cough. She's Dr. Tell, I think I have COVID. I said, well, you should be able to get tested. This is the early days when the rapid tests were not readily available. The hospitals had a limited supply. So I said, call the hospital. You should get tested. You took care of this patient. You need to know if you've got COVID. And she says, no, Dr. Tell, they won't test me because they're, they're only using it on limited patients in the hospital. At the very same time, I had another patient, a patient go in for open heart surgery, did not have COVID, but had a complication from the surgery and was actively dying from the complication in the ICU. They went up and they actually used one of their test kits to test him for COVID to see if by any chance he might be positive so that they would get the reimbursement for his COVID diagnosis, because it was already, he was already dying, but they refused to give it to the nurse who's employed. And then when I went to the chief financial officer in the doctor's lounge, no, we, in the doctor's lounge, I had the CEO, the chief medical officer, and the chief financial at the same time. I said to the CEO, I said, are you guys getting reimbursed somehow for these COVID tests on your patients? He said, I haven't heard of that. He turns to the other fellow who's a CMO. Have you heard of that, chief medical? No, I haven't. And then the chief financial officer in the background, and he says, oh, I have, yeah, we are getting, we're getting compensated for every diagnosis of COVID that we get in the practice. So basically they were reserving their test kits so they could make more money and get a COVID diagnosis on a patient who didn't even have the symptoms of COVID. That tells you something about our hospital system. Mariana, uh, um, I tell you what, Marina, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. The, the question was always, how much is a human life worth? Turns out about $144,000. Is that am I close? <laughs> You're asking how much is a human life worth to whom, right? To the uh, to the yeah, hospital. Yeah, you know, isn't that a, isn't that a question? You know, it's a really it's a tricky thing. If if anyone watches this interview, please watch the whole thing because I need to say this. Um, uh, I get a lot of complaints from people whose husbands or wives are working in hospitals and are incredibly wonderful people, and I come across sometimes really hard on this issue and I understand that these chief executive officers these other people some of them are friends of mine but they are what's happening what we talked about today when we did this workshop on critical thinking and intellectual curiosity in medicine it's, it's we're at a point right now where people are just following a script a narrative and not bothering to question what's taking place so yeah there's a price now a price tag and I, I think we live at a time where we've lost the ability to to not to, and I, where does this critical thinking come from? I think it comes from a deeper set of convictions that those people must have about good and evil, right and wrong. And there's something very mixed up about this whole situation right now because yeah. what's innately obvious to all of us is not innately obvious to them. And I and I I don't know where to even go with that anymore because these people might be right next to me in church, right? And they're good friends of mine, and they're still seeing the world through a different mirror, a different prism than we are. I want to ask you both this, but I want you to get a question in here and join this conversation yeah. because you have the, the question about the kids. But we're, we're also going to be talking about the states with the the most lockdowns of schools and, and masks, how those kids are more violent, more destructive to themselves, and more depressed, and their test scores are lower. And a medical doctor can expand yeah. on that as why. The isolation. And you know, um, Dr. Littell, you're all about health. And it's so frustrating and sad to me that so many of these interviews end up being about the sickness and almost build and confirm our distrust in the medical yeah. society. 
So can you take a moment and talk to those people that are Moms for America and the Map of listeners who are really trying to do the best for their family? When you picture a mama, okay, and a family that's healthy, what can those parents do in kind of a broad stroke to do the best they can do for their family and be the voice of truth for us? It's so hard to know what to do. No, it's really one of the reasons I'm able to take care of as many patients as I do take care of is I make it very clear in my very first visit with the patients that the primary, as Dr. Cole said last night, the primary doctor for the patient, especially with children, is going to be, honestly, the mom or the dad. Your gut feeling tells me much more, and I try to convey this to the medical students. It's, you know, how, what does the mom think about how that little girl or little boy is doing before you jump to, you know, trying to get a CAT scan or blood work? You know, when I was a, when I worked in the emergency room for a year after I got out of the army, uh, I'd come on my shift in the emergency room in rural Georgia, and the first thing I would do is identify which children the previous doctor had ordered blood work on, and I'd go and I'd say, "Stop, stop, 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 stop." Where's my? And, and actually, I got in trouble as an intern when I was in the army because I refused to do an arterial blood glass draw from the wrist of an 18-month-old baby before it was being discharged home. They said, you need to get a blood gas to find out if the oxygen's fine. I said, no, I don't. No. Look at the kid. Look at the kid. But that is the mentality that the medical profession has. So really, I can tell the moms one thing, is that it is dangerous out there. You already know that. It's a dangerous world in medicine right now when you have doctors who are forcing these vaccines and forcing lab tests and putting moms on guilt trips. My wife, Kathleen, did her master's thesis in, in pediatric nursing on failure to thrive. Why did she do her master's thesis on failure to thrive? Because our first two daughters were diagnosed with failure to thrive. And talk about a guilt trip. In other words, they weighed 20 pounds when they were 20 months. And it turns out they're still very petite. You know, they're 90 to 100 pounds now. One's a doctor, the other's a, c a civics teacher in middle school. The, the amount of guilt that she felt as she was going through her master's propelled her to go and look at what was happening in medicine back then, even in the 90s, early 90s that we would label moms as bad moms just because their children had a different body habitus and were slender and didn't want to eat as much. So this, this kind of thinking is obviously inherently wrong. And so what moms and dads you know, need to do is recognize the warning signs of severe illness when you really know your baby is wrong. I remember diagnosing liver cancer in a little girl that the doctors didn't trust the mother's judgment. And I said, and I looked at the girl, it's that, it's that, uh, that, that inner voice that so many doctors are not listening to anymore because they're following the outer voice of the government and the hospital protocols in the American Academy of Pediatrics. But um, so I don't, I don't have a problem. Now the insurance companies make us see children once a year, or we get dinged, you know, well, child visits. And I think there's a good reason to see a child once a year, as long as you're not forced forcing them to get blood work that they don't need, you know, checking their cholesterol just because they're 10 years old or 12 years old. No, if they're healthy, they're fine. That's probably the most important thing I can say. When, you're, when your child is sick and you have a gut feeling there's something really serious, you need to find a doctor that's going to listen to you. And sometimes, interestingly enough, I will say this, it may not be your pediatrician. It may actually be an urgent care down the road where there's a PA or a nurse practitioner who's a mom who gets it. You know, that happens a lot. Dr. Littell, how do you keep up when you've learned certain things in med school, uh, medical science has changed in the meantime, various discoveries and the rest, and I know it's got to be very difficult for a doctor to work all day long and then try to keep up with the changes happening. Wow, that's a great question. That's one I actually, my medical students, I think sometimes feel a bit intimidated about becoming family physicians because I tell them, you know, 
Family medicine is the only specialty, and we are a specialty. We take three more years of training after medical school. The only specialty where you need to remember everything you've learned in medical school. All right, and I can I won't talk about some of the other specialties, but there are some where you don't need to remember very much at all, quite honestly. And someone's going to yell at me about that. But the reality is. Uh, there's a lot, and when I first came out of training in the 1980s, there were only like three options for diabetes, for example. You know, I had gliburide, glimepiride, and glipizide, and I had insulin. That was it. Now there's over 75 oral remedies and then injectables, so that's just for one disease alone. Now, now how do you keep up? You know, I brought with me today um, a, a bunch of books when I gave my, on, on the, and I was going to share them with people. The book I got from, from my high school graduation from my mom was the Webster's Dictionary. All right, Webster's Dictionary. Why did I get the Webster's Dictionary? Because I loved helping my grandpa back when I was 12 and 13 with crossword puzzles. And my grandpa would always say, Johnny, go look it up. If I didn't know, go look it up. And I remember my, my, when I was a kid, and we were, my mom was a single mom, a school bus driver raising four kids, and we were living in a two-bedroom apartment with four kids. You know, it was really like that. Um, and so when I was going to become a doctor, I mean, I was like, this is going to be, and no one had ever been a doctor in my family. And I said, I'm going to become a doctor. But I knew that I wanted to learn. I always wanted to learn. And my goal was to get someday the Encyclopedia Britannica. The Encyclopedia Britannica was you know, that, that beautiful leather-bound encyclopedia. You know, we, we had the World Book. We were able to get the World Book Encyclopedia, which was cheap, and my mother could afford that. Why did I bring that up? Nowadays, when people want to look things up, where do they go to to look Google. it up? They go to Google, yeah. and they go to Wikipedia. All right, and I see medical students doing that, yeah. going into their phones and trying to find something on Google. I say, no, 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 that's not how it goes. When I was at George Washington University, you know what I spent most of my time doing? I was in the stacks. The stacks, that's the, the incredible volume of books. The Scandinavian Journal of Infectious Disease, journals from Russia, journals from China that were translated. And of course, you would have something called the Index Medicus, which dates back to the early 1800s, and they stopped in 2004. What I'm saying is that intellectual curiosity you had to look things up you had to go yourself do the work to open up the books read the articles don't allow someone else to interpret the articles for you which is what google does and wikipedia does you won't ever get information that means anything when it comes to saving lives if you watch the matt buff show you get really good information from great guests just like this Marina, Ron, what do you think? Another great interview at the homeschool convention. Dr. John Littell, thank you so much. Where can people get the hidden truth? And hold that up for the camera one more time, please. So it's not hidden, right there. It's right there. The truth is right here in the hidden truth book. Yeah, and there's a picture of my, myself with my four daughters. It's the only time you'll ever see me laying on my back is when they took that picture. But, uh, no, the point is, this book, if you go to John Littell, MD, 2Tsand2Ls.com, you can get to it through the publisher, which is the cheapest way, iUniverse. I hate to patronize Amazon anymore for obvious reasons. Um, also, in my, my office, we have copies of the book. And, and one other thing to your audience, you know, pray for me, and please, if you know anyone that wants to join me in my battle as a family physician, a PA, a nurse practitioner, my practice is busting at the scenes both in Kissimmee and Ocala, Florida, and we need more laborers in the field, more warriors. We Thank do you. need more warriors, absolutely. Like a third world country, you're running around a hospital getting people to see their loved ones. I mean, this is America, folks. This is the new America right now, and it's got to change. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent 
financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. We have a great new sponsor on the show, Satellite Phone Store, and Jonah is representing them today. Jonah, welcome to the Buff Show. Hey, great to thank have you. Thank you so much for having me. And man. we're great to have you as a partner on the Buff Show. Absolutely. All uh, right, let's talk about Satellite Phone Store. First of all, the website. Website, uh, you can go to our website. It's uh, www.satellitephonestore.com. Pretty easy, right? Pretty easy, I almost said it for you. Absolutely. Now, you brought some products here that we want to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's talk about this right here. This is the Bibby Stick. So we did used to have a uh, promotion where we were actually giving out free phones. Yeah. Uh, currently, there is a global shortage on a lot of these phones, so we came up with a solution. Uh, as of right now, we pre-ordered for the year 20,000 of these devices for the Bibby Stick. Wow. That could last anywhere from five months, could last up to 12 months, we don't really know, but um, this will pretty much take place so that way when the grid does go down, people still have a way to two-way communicate with uh, their loved ones and their friends and families. Uh, we are doing a, a promotion right now during this convention. Um, a- after June 1st, everything is going up, unfortunately, on some of the uh, service plans, uh, but right now we are doing a $55 plan, a $69.95 plan. Both plans come with a free Bivy stick, which is usually retailed at $249. Wow. So you're saving that. Um, it'll also come with unlimited texting. It comes with the uh, damage insurance on, on the $55 one. The, the other plan will come with uh, lost or stolen, so we replace it for you. And also a Galileo program. It's almost like a, uh, a Twitter for podcasters. Yeah. So they can give you live updates even when everything's down. No, yeah, that's great. But yeah. what about people watching this after the convention i mean after if, the convention if they hear you reference that can they say hey absolutely we, we, we heard it. you say that will you honor that yeah absolutely so uh, everybody can uh, either go to our website like i said it's www.satellitephonestore.com or uh just because uh, you guys are actually listening to this podcast today uh just type in sat one two three four dot com so that's s-a-t one two three four dot com yeah very good everybody check it out Welcome back to the Map Buff Show. Great to have you with us on this Monday. And uh, we were walking around Universal Studios, and it's just really interesting. You don't see masks like you used to, but 
you do see some and you see a whole family and you see a two-year-old in a mask and it just breaks your heart because you know they're having trouble breathing and there's a huge segment segment of our population that's been completely duped by Dr. Fauci and the like. And then there's other countries like China that have a zero COVID policy where they're locking down everybody and shutting them in their homes and taking their animals away from them and doing all kinds of draconian things. And some Democrats in America are going, oh, not so bad. Well, we have a different take on The Buff Show. Let's go over to Naomi Wolf. The book is The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19 and the War Against the Human. Wolf is also co-founder and CEO of DailyClout.io, a successful civ civic tech company. Naomi, thanks for joining us on the show. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Saw you on Tucker a while back in April, and when they were talking about when China started doing all this stuff, and you brought up some really awesome points that still hold true today. One, we can't let Fauci just right off into the sunset. I'll tell you that right now. No, indeed. I mean, you're you're right. Uh, readers of my book will will find that uh, the last two years have really been a criminal uh, enterprise. Um, that was imposed on us uh, under the guise of a medical emergency, you know, a real, there was a real bad respiratory illness around. I'm not disputing that, but that was used as a pretext by a handful of bad actors ranging from the World Economic Forum to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the Chinese Communist Party um, and big tech. And they exploited the situation. And Dr. Fauci was at the forefront, Dr. Walensky, uh, these spokespeople who were funded by our own tax dollars and by the Gates Foundation, major news outlets like the BBC, the New York Times, PBS, who took money um, to really circulate lies. Um, these people lied to us and they uh, and these entities locked us down in a way that made no medical sense. Um, the data are in, they didn't help. It didn't help to lock anyone down. Open states did exactly the same as locked down states and, and nations too. Um, they masked people, which again made barely any difference in terms of transmitting illness, but it did serve to lower kids' IQ points on an average of 21 points because of the restricted social interaction and language skills. Um, and they managed to kill off thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, middle-class uh, businesses and to force middle-class landlords to sell their properties at fire sale prices to big investors like BlackRock and Vanguard who were scooping them up. And to basically the, the intention, as I argue in my book, was that these big tech companies and their allies, China and the World Economic Forum, wanted to redesign our world and largely succeeded in such a way as to kill off the human advantage over technology, kill off the Western advantage over China, and leave us dependent on digital platforms for any kind of communication or information, therefore subject to propaganda, and to specifically target our culture and our kids, right? And and to to uh, make them not be American anymore, to, to create a next generation of, of kids who, who don't know what freedom is, who are terrified about being disobedient because they might be punished physically in some way and who have are, are like ripe for having a CCP style um, system of control imposed on them. And, and just to wrap it up, the same people who invested in the vaccines invested in the vaccine passports. And these are the same people who lied to us about the pandemic. And this is Google up 20%. They own baseline where you sign in to get a COVID test at CVS. 
Microsoft, you know, Bill Gates's company, which makes the vaccine passports, and Bill Gates has also invested in the vaccines. Mark Zuckerberg is invested in the vaccines, and he was coordinating with uh, Dr. Fauci early on unlawfully. And so it's a 360-degree cycle of corruption in which critics like me and brave doctors like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, the brave epidemiologists who signed the Great Barrington Declaration said this is going to hurt children and drive people into starvation. They get, we get smeared and deplatformed, um, and and these these bad entities get to you know have a, a net revenue up billions of dollars. Why would they ever stop? That deplatforming that you're talking about was a big part of their mission in 2020, 2021, and beyond by signing with the WHO and and the World Trade Organization too, to give them our sovereignty when it comes to future pandemics. I mean, there's going to be a one world government basically determining what's best for the rest of the world and this regime here in america said we will listen we will comply and then when people fought against that we've had dr peter mercola on the show when people fought against that they were silenced people were fired they were shut down they were just total told that this is just utter nonsense and the ones that were left that were still allowed to talk there was a disclaimer put on social media what they had it was a one. It was just a strange effort, and it was strange, Naomi, how quickly it all came together too. Yeah, death tickers on TV, masks and on healthy people, and the social media giants complying with censorship. It all came together pretty quickly. Super fast. Well, I've got a, I've got an explanation of that as well. Um, you're you're right, and we have to understand that we're in a period of propaganda unlike any we've seen before as human beings. Uh, because of the role of AI in propaganda now. And what I mean is this. Um, first of all, you've got to understand, and I explain this in my book, that these big tech companies aligned in like March of 2020 in something called the COVID-19 Project to replicate their messaging all over their domains on the internet. So that's why you would see you know, Google saying, you know, COVID-19 testing or, you know, hazard rate yellow or you know, Google, uh, you know, uh, uh, assessing businesses by how much they complied with lockdowns and masking and distancing and sanitizing and so on. And essential and non-essential business. I mean, yeah. 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 But let me get to AI because this will blow your mind. And you also saw Facebook, you know, they're all deplatforming the same information. You know, Facebook has to this day, a warning when I post reports by doctors based on the Pfizer's internal documents released under court order, Facebook calls that misinformation. Um, and so they're all kind of Twitter, you know, deplatforming for reporting on menstrual dysregulation, which now the NIH confirms with vaccinated women's menstrual cycles on an average are a day, a month longer, you know, but I was deplatformed as a crazy person for raising a signal about this um, and, and on and on. So this is because they are aligned. They are aligned to do this. And also the reason it was rolled out so quickly is that AI now has the capability to seed sound bites into journalism in different languages around the world at the same time and to react in real time. And so what that means is you'll wow. see, like, remember that story about, you know, Thanksgiving 2020, don't go visit grandma because you'll kill her, right? If you hug your grandma at Thanksgiving, you'll kill her. Uh, you know, like, don't don't be close to your elderly relatives because that's bad for them. Well, it's it's nonsense, as it turns out. Um, it, you know, multi-generational households packed in together are the most dangerous 
place for transmitting COVID and, you know, it travel, it doesn't raise your rates of it. Uh, restaurants don't raise your rates of it. You know, well-ventilated celebrations don't raise your rates of it. But the point is that same story was replicated in Canada, in America, in Hindi, in India, in Pakistan, like all over the world um, in the same way. By the same token, you never saw the words uh, myocarditis without seeing the words extremely rare before it. And that was true in CNN, CNN, MSNBC, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. So this is the capability which has been concealed from from people that, you know, the oligarchs don't want you to know about it, that human editors are no longer managing the news with human skills, which can't message on that scale, right? It's just impossible. Um, but now AI can message on that scale and can even adjust messaging in real time. That's why, you know, uh, like bots and trolls are sent to intimidate people on Twitter uh, when they dare to say, I had a bad vaccine outcome, right? Um, and so that's very shaming and scary and silencing for people, even if they know it's bots and trolls, right? Um, but but trolls can hound you and bots can hound you uh, electronically, you know, without even human input. So these are, this is the world we're li living now, which is why they wanted to keep us from going to church, going to synagogue, going to town halls, where you would turn to your neighbor and say, how are you guys doing? No one's really sick. I know no one's really sick in my town either. Very sad. A few elderly people died at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that's really sad. That happened in our town too. Um, great to see you. What else is going on? You know, like that would have been the reality of the last two years if if we hadn't been driven home and forced onto digital platforms to do all of our assessing of what the world was like. And that's how they could lie to us at such a massive scale. It was, just re it was just remarkable. I had um, the doctor from uh, Health and Human Services that was in charge of Operation Warp Speed on the show. <clears throat> their their goal with Operation Warp Speed never was to make it an only a vaccine, and they said they never intended to mandate. They wanted to do more like India, where they gave everybody in their population all the relevant information, just like we've done in the past with sicknesses. Right. But it has taken on this thing that you're talking about when it came to contact tracing and vaccine mandates and ID cards. It became a digital digital background. And then with all the AI you're talking about with the bots with that are triggered to respond to somebody, that affects how people act and govern their lives. Oh. And But it all started not with that intention with Warp Speed. And we would see a different world, he promised me, if... Trump was still president today. I thought that was very interesting. I'm surprised. Is he still employed by the HHS? I'm surprised you had someone. Oh, him. they fired him faster than you can shake a stick at. I'm not surprised. I mean, that's tragic. And this is happening. You know, I mean, honestly, Matt, we're in a time in which humanity is being held hostage and and tortured and murdered in, you know, on a massive scale. And only a handful of brave doctors and whistleblowers and, you know, three journalists are are trying to let people know what's really going on. Um, that I, That's really shocking, but I have to say, like I go into this in detail in my book, never has the West dealt with infectious disease epidemics in this way, ever, ever, ever. Never 
you know, has informed consent been withheld from people? And I've looked at the Pfizer documents and no one who got a vaccine got informed consent because no one was told the scale of harms and strokes and cardiac arrests and clotting events and thromboses and neurological events and myalgia muscle pain and joint pain and death that, you know, that that is revealed in these documents. No one was told. Um, so uh, in addition, you know, never before in the West have people been had their assembly restricted. That's something that North Korea does to citizens or uh, China, you know, will lock down a province. But even in the worst, and it's not like we've never had waves of much worse infectious diseases before, you know, yellow fever, cholera, typhus, smallpox, on and on and on. It's the human condition, you know, to have new waves of infectious diseases. It's it, it's just what being human means on this planet. Now we've got, you know, better medical treatment, but never, ever, ever have humans in the West been restricted when there was a even a very bad infectious disease around. If you were actively infectious, you could be quarantined, right? To, to, to keep actively sick people from infecting the well. Never have healthy people been quarantined. And I have a chapter on this in my book. And never, ever before um, have people been mandated, you know, against every met, every law, against the Nuremberg Code, against uh, HIPAA, against, uh, you know, every law in this country. I mean, it's a massive crime, which is why I'm proud to announce that um, we've hired the best legal team in this area, the ones who won the, the fight, the lawsuit against the Biden administration related to masks on planes, Scott Street and John Howard, and they are bringing a suit against Pfizer for the massive causes of action and harms that our volunteers have found in the Pfizer documents. And we hope that they'll also be supporting attorneys general and bringing criminal charges because there's battery, there's manslaughter, there's murder, there's harms to fetuses. And they knew, and, you know, not just Pfizer, but the FDA knew, but never before has humanity been, I mean, you know, I said in an earlier interview today that a, a problem with being human is that you can't, imagine that something is happening if you've never seen it before, right? That's just a problem with with our brains sort information. But, you know, I'm the granddaughter of a, a, a woman who lost nine brothers and sisters to Nazis who fed them into ovens because they were Jews. And no one had ever seen that before. But, you know, at a certain point, the survivors said, this is not going anywhere good. I'm going to try to get out of here. Um, by the same token, we've never seen a handful of oligarchs supported by big tech companies, supported by China, use pharma, to, you know, in effect to harm and injure billions of people, right? We've never seen that before. And it's not clear yet why, though I think it's very important that I found the SEC filing that shows 100% tech transfer from BioNTech to China at the end of 2021. So China now owns the vaccine that everyone's being injected. They're not our friends. They do horrible things to their own population. They do horrible things to, you know, they harvest organs and put people in concentration camps. And um, we've never seen this before, but we have to wake up and realize that a global war is being waged on humanity. You know, it could be that the oligarchs realize that, you know, the population of the world is unsustainable um, without drastic intervention. Uh, you know, I didn't want to believe that was possible. I thought that was a conspiracy theory. Having looked at the Pfizer documents, and the fact that they knew that they were murdering people um, and the FDA knew and, and colluded, I, 
I can't fully think of a reason beyond that. But I also think China is a very important actor here because they want our farmland, they want our water, they want our you know, energy resources, they don't want our population. And they've made no secret that they want to be the world's superpower by 2049, 100 years after the start of communist rule in China. So, you know, a new kind of war is being waged on us and we have to wake up. A lot of people may not know this, but Naomi, you're a feminist activist. On chapter one, in chapter one, called Lockdowns, and you guys are going to really love this book. We're going to post the link to it. You. you talk about how you were at an International Women's Day event and in London, and you were invited to speak at that event. And that's when people started getting these troubling texts after the event had ended there. Right. Pretty remarkable. We have moments in history. Where were you in JFK? Where were you on 9-11? Now, where were you on March 8th, 2020? It's going to be the next one. And a lot of us didn't know this was coming. This blindsided you as well as others about how quickly the machine got assembled. And you're right to say China's behind it. The farmland they're buying up is is, is amazing. But you're talking about the war on the people. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, when you go to the origins, and hopefully with a new Congress, we can actually go to the real origins of this and see how this was a man-made virus meant to kill. Lucky for us, herd immunity just knocked it out pretty simply, but they didn't want to tell us that. But it's a where were you moment when the whole world changed and in some cases changed forever. I love how you start the book off with that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I do know on a hopeful note that history does show that when millions of people resist tyranny and refuse to comply, you know, all at once, uh, there is no you know, would-be group of tyrants who can withstand that. But it's going to take that. I mean, I've been very disappointed in many of my fellow Americans, certainly on the left. You know, I'm embarrassed by my own people um, who have gone along with and embraced this tyranny and, and really gone along with discrimination. I mean, that is so shocking. Gone along with masking and torturing and abusing children. Um, all of us should be fighting back. All of us should be not complying. And all of us should be a hell of a lot braver than we are. Can I ask you a question off topic a little bit? Because this is so important. And everybody check out the book. It's on Amazon and everywhere else. Just amazing. The bodies of others, the new authoritarians, COVID-19, and the war against, um, against the human. One question I have, I've been looking for feminists out there to stand up for young girls in sports when men are trying to compete against them. Where do you stand on that? That's a tough one, Matt. Um I personally think that the whole focus on how disruptive the trans issue is supposed to be actually comes from our adversaries. It's not coming from the trans community. It's not coming from the LGBTQ community. Um, the imposition of trans issues in schools, you know, with tiny children, that's not coming from the trans community. Um, these are coming from front groups that are funded, you know, by kind of mysterious sources that are trying to create wedge issues to divide and polarize Americans. That's my view. So honestly, what I, I'm a big supporter of the right of anyone to, you know, have any sexuality or, you know, gender orientation they want. That's not the same as saying the left doesn't know what a woman is, right? I mean, that's one of the ways, like, right now we're being lied to about each other. Um, liberals truly believe that all conservatives, because they're being lied to, are racist, 
anti-Semitic homophobes and misogynists. And, you know, conservatives truly believe because they're being lied to that all liberals don't know what a woman is and, you know, want to do other bad and stupid things, not to exonerate the bad and stupid things we are doing right now. But having said that, <laughs> you're not represented well right now no, indeed. by indeed. your leaders, just saying. I, I, but, yeah. I got you. but, you know, look globally, globally, this script is nonpartisan. Globally, it's a it's a liberal in Canada. It's a conservative Boris Johnson doing the same things in, in Britain. It's a conservative, yeah. a conservative Scott Morrison doing the same things in in uh, Australia and, you know, New Zealand, it's, it's a liberal just into Ardern. So it's, it's global, you know, Macron in France, you know, this is trans, like we've got to get over thinking that our labels define us because we're up against a much bigger enemy right now. So now it's not left versus right. It's freedom versus tyranny. But mm -hmm. having said that the trans issue, I feel like the issue of like bathrooms and women's sports are such tiny issues and so easily dealt with. For instance, have a third bathroom, you know, for people who identify whatever way or people who don't care, if, you know, who they're in a bathroom with. Or have a third weight category for people who don't, you know, who want to compete with other people in that category. Um, it's I, I think these are things with very easy solutions if people come to it with goodwill and they're being inflamed uh, to, to cause division. Well, I really appreciate your take on that because it's a thoughtful conversation that could be have. It can be looked at a small issue, but it's one thing that can fester and get out of control. And I just, I've talked to girls that are losing their scholarships and it's just, That's not it's just, it's just very tough. And so I always thought, you know, Feminists were in support of women's. <laughs> that's that's I mean, why I had to ask you that question. You know, These are women that are affected yeah, in a negative I, way. I get it. I mean, this is <laughs> I'm astonished when women's health advocates aren't speaking up about the mRNA vaccines harms to fetuses and to lactation and to the placenta. Yeah. When you mention the menstrual menstrual uh, menstrual cycle, it's cricket. That's a big enough issue to look at. Huge, huge issue. And we all know this women. great biology. This is like, you can't be a healthy woman without a healthy menstrual cycle. If you're of childbearing age and you can't have healthy reproduction without a healthy menstrual cycle. So leaving that to one side, um, I do want to say like this, it would be so easy to create a category of XY chromosome athletes, a category of, of XX chromosome athletes, and a category of athletes who don't want to be defined by their chromosomes, right? That would be so easy. You know, then you'd have women and men and another category that is self-selecting. Um, it would be very easy to solve this problem. But I'm sorry that women are losing their scholarships. It's it's, um, it's an unfortunate uh, situation, but it's one that totally could be easily addressed. By the way, I feel the same way about the abortion issue, right? Like right now we're so polarized. Um, Pro-choice and pro-life never speak to each other. But there, my life was changed by a conference that brought together pro-choice and pro-life advocates. And we really found out when we were allowed to talk to each other that we had much more in common than what divided us and that there were many good policies we could agree on, like more contraception. I didn't know that that side would agree on that. Or easier adoption. They didn't know that pro-choice advocates would agree to that. And so when people come together to solve problems constructively and not be kept apart by people who want to keep us apart for their own reasons, uh, really good policies and solutions come out of it. I agree. And that's why I appreciate you going off topic a little bit, because I know we're from the different sides, but 
there has to be ways to make adoption easier. There has to be ways to get more education in a rightful way that isn't sick and degenerative. And we have to also look at the real science. And I know your book talks about that because science was one thing that was completely ignored throughout this whole process when it came to COVID-19. Absolutely disgusting. You're absolutely right, Matt. Readers will find that I show them that the uh, those dashboards, those COVID dashboards that all the news media were citing were funded by the same people who are benefiting from the lockdowns and the tech takeover. And they were fake, like you couldn't verify them. So, um, and yeah. the CDC, you know, has just been, had a subpoena filed. I'm proud to say my husband, Brian O'Shea, an investigator, Dr. Henry Ely, and two state senators were part of this filing. Um, the subpoena is for a grand jury investigation into willful misconduct because they falsified their data, it would appear. Yeah. So this is all what I call an unverifiable pandemic in one of my chapters. People have been lied to. Everybody has to check out this book. We're going to post the link on thebuffshow.com, but also search Naomi Wolf on Amazon and everywhere else. Naomi, thank you for the wonderful insight today. We just scratched the surface a little bit, but we got some things out there for people to understand. I really appreciate you, and I appreciate your audience. Thank you so much for letting me talk. No, of course. You got it. Sounds good. We'll be back. Tomorrow on The Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there.